Special episode of the Music City Drive-In today. Um, the Music City Film Critic Association announced their award nominees, and I wanted to have a couple members of the board on with me today. Obviously, I have my partner here, Jacob. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm excited to start talking about these. Uh, also, welcome to the show, Charles. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you guys? Good. Corey? Howdy, howdy. Dom? Oh, what's up, man? Michael? Hello. <laughs> Uh, before we dive in, obviously the nominees were announced today. Um, it's very exciting. I'm going to quickly run down the um, the supporting or the lower tier uh, categories first. We have Best Production Design. We had Defy Bloods, Emma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Make Personal History of David Copperfield. Editing had six nominees here. The Trial of Chicago 7, The Invisible Man, The Father, Tenant, Nomadland, and Mank. Cinematography, De uh, Defy Bloods, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, Tenet. Score, we had Minari, Tenet, Defy Bloods, Mank, and Soul. Best songs, we had Eurovision, Trial Chicago 7, Trolls, <laughs> Over the Moon, One Night in Miami, and Tenet. Screenplay, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, and Trial Chicago 7. Documentary, Collective, Dick Johnson is Dead, The Social Dilemma of Time, and You Cannot Kill David Arquette. And then animated, we had Onward, Over the Moon, Scoob, Soul, Wolfwalkers. I think those are the only five animated movies that came out this year. Um, and then Acting Ensemble, we had The Five Bloods, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Ma Rainey, One Night Miami, and The Trial Chicago 7. Of everything that I just mentioned there, Charles, what was anything surprised to you? I mean, there was like, you mentioned the animated thing. I was surprised about Scoob because... It it's it's one of those weird races where it's like there's a there's a tier of three that matter and then over the moon is like right there yeah and then the last spot was a crapshoot and I forgot about Scoob even existing when the nominations came out was, oh yeah like that it's especially weird because we put trolls in best song right over some really great songs that came out this year and I was pushing people really hard for the uh, happiest season the Tegan and Sarah song. Um, but it was the animated stuff's always weird, so I'm just that's I okay. Write I was pushing people, I was pushing people for Wuhan flu, so you know, mm -hmm. they would have probably passed yeah. over, um, over the troll song. Like the troll song kind of blew me away a little bit, to be honest with you guys. I forgot trolls even came out this year, that's that's so far back in my mind. Well, because that was the first big one, too. That yep. was like the the Maybe. pandemic move movie, yep. like we're gonna move it to on demand and forget theaters. Like, this is the first one that's the one that set off the whole AMC throwing a fit and then Universal AMC making the deal. Like, everything kind of dominoed after that one yeah. big move. Trolls set the market, man. It was crazy. <laughs> we look back in 50 years, like how Hollywood changed. <laughs> Trolls world tour. Corey, any initial thoughts on that bottom tier? Um, you know, I really liked our craft nominations. Um, I really did think that while I know the film's a little divisive, I was glad folks didn't forget Tenet. I mean, I think that people, you can kind of haggle about the story and the way that the plot unfolds. And I think it's fair, but I think craft-wise, it really was just kind of a, a very, kind of, an, kind of an oasis in the desert this year of being able to have any sort of film with any, like kind of that level of craft and studio filmmaking. So... I think some fun stuff slipped in because you didn't have so many just heavy hitters. Like we didn't have a Dune this year. You didn't necessarily have like, you know, your typical big, big budget things that would kind of sneak into some of these craft categories. But um, I love News of the World. I was glad that it got a nomination and folks watched it before the voting deadline. And uh, 
obviously um, the uh, score category is really strong this year for us. You got um, Emil Mosrai um, doing Minari, and then obviously I love Lubin Gords and score. And Tennant, he's obviously having a huge year between that and the Mandalorian. So that's really encouraging. And just, you know, there's, there's some really good I, nominations. I was a little disappointed to see, not to see uh, Daniel Pemberton in that category. But yeah, I agree. Know, it's a strong score year, but I really like what Pemberton did with, with Trial of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I would have preferred that. Let me ask you something about let me ask y'all something about score, because honestly, I, I considered it. I'll, I'll admit my ballot didn't have it. I considered the score for Promising Young Women, or Young Woman, sorry. But I felt like that was, you know, basically him riffing off of Toxic, so it wasn't exactly an original score. And because of that, I personally disqualified it. Was, I didn't, was I I didn't like disqualify looking... it. I just think that there was one, there was one piece in the film. I mean, the, the film is phenomenal, by the way. I think I love Promising Young Woman. Same. I think that that one score, like, like, is at the most pivotal point in the movie, is a, an incredible scene. It's an incredible piece of music. But I did, wasn't really paying attention to the score the rest of the film up until mm. that point. That I, was the time when I noticed it. I think, yeah, I think when it came to Promising Young Woman, you had the actual music, like the needle drops, the, um, you know, the Britney Spears, the uh, Paris Hilton, like those type of songs really overtook and is what pushed more than just like the musical score um overall did. and and like i said it's a really strong score year too like mm. i mean i we each have three nominations when we nominate i have three nominees that i liked better than either of the resna ross things which blew me away i did not think that i would be sitting there putting in a ballot and have neither of the resna ross scores on there but i did mm. because it was just that was how strong to me this year was and so while that piece from promising young woman is really really fantastic it just wasn't it's kind of like guardians of the galaxy where like you remember the music you know mm-hmm. more than more exactly. than you remember the score yeah, um, I was so really that was, disappointed that No Man Land's not avail- uh, is not eligible. That was the other one I put in there. It's not eligible for the Oscars, which yeah. sucks. Yeah, because um, it's a fantastic score. It's a fantastic score. It's just it's one of my favorite. It's, of the it year. sits with you. It sits with you for a long, long time. It <laughs> does. Dom, any thoughts on that bottom tier? Man, I'm honestly just glad that uh, that um, Soul made it on there because I didn't get a chance to watch it. Until after we had to turn our ballots in, so I was like, "Fuck!" I didn't know what to put, so I put the um, the Mortal Kombat Legends. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to put. That's yeah. Going um, but uh, no, nah, like I feel like, especially from the reaction from the people, that it seems like we've been on the right track, and people are thinking along the same lines of, uh, that we are. And um, I really don't think there's other than foreign language films. Some of the best films I saw were during the uh, Chicago Film Festival, and but they didn't really have release dates for some of them. So I was like, I don't know what I can and can't do with them. Um, so I just kind of left them at the wayside, and I eventually we'll get back to them later. But uh, no, nah, I think everything is uh, pretty solid down below. I yeah, like so. it. So supporting actress, we had Yoon Jung Yoon for Minari. We had Olivia Coleman for The Father. We had uh, Maria Baklova for Borat, Glenn Close for Hillbilly LG, and Amanda, Amanda Seyfried for Mank. Uh, Michael, thoughts? Michael's dead. All right, uh, Corey, thoughts? Uh, you know, it's one of those categories where if you told me that's the Oscar five, I'd be like, yeah, I can buy that. Um, with an Ellen Burstyn or a Helena Zingle to maybe throw in there potentially. Um, I'm very curious what Borat's Oscar prospects actually might end up being. I imagine Amazon is going, they really have pushed the film really hard. And mm-hmm. 
it came I, at the perfect time. That really helps it. It did. Yeah. It did. And just the fact that the film has that last scene in there that kind of plays on the scene from Borat where they have the kind of the running or whatever, and they end up, we're the ones that are the butt of the joke. I thought was just kind of a wonderful coda that's going to stick with a lot of people. And I think she's kind of the heart and soul of that movie. So I was happy to see that um, she was recognized because I think she's the best part about it. You know, I didn't really get Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy. I actually, and I'm a big Glenn Close fan too. I, 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 that performance to me was not, to me, where I usually like to see her in terms of where her range goes. That kind of tends to be more of just kind of the overacty type of Glenn. But I do know that that movie probably has a lot more support than, you know, a lot of folks realize when it comes to where it's going to actually land with the Oscars. Um, and uh, also kind of controversial. I didn't think that Olivia Coleman was particularly amazing in The Father. I think it's more of a, I think it's a good traditional performance, but I just think that Hopkins is the center of gravity in that film. And I feel like she's kind of being dragged in um, with him. It's kind of ended up being a pretty, uh, you know, disappointing year. But then again, um, the person I did vote for was uh, the uh, grandma from Minari. I think she's absolutely wonderful in that film. And I'm very happy that she was able to get recognized because been a uh, big good couple of years for grandmas for us we yeah. had uh, the grandma from the farewell that got nominated in 2018 and then we have the grandma from minari this year and and the grandma from hillbilly elegy so if you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get the grandma from uh uh you know uh, there was a movie last year that had a grandma we missed but you know there's there's grandmas all over the place jacob thoughts on the supporting actress um yeah i'm glad to see amanda Seyfried get in um i loved her i know that's a very uh, off-topic uh, choice, but I loved her in Mank. Um, and yeah, I mean, going back, just the Maria Bakalova for Borat, it is like, it's insane how well she and um, the grandma from Minari, I don't want to butcher her name, it's so insane how well they're doing on the circuits right now, and to see them just both get in, I just think they're just going to keep sweeping across um, everything. But I was really glad about those. Uh, same about Glenn Close. I liked her. Um, I didn't like the film, um, but I do agree. It is very showy, but that might be what people like about it. And then Olivia Coleman was, was good, but I do have some of the same thoughts that Corey has um, where I do feel like she was kind of being pulled along in Hopkins's movie. Supporting actor, we had Bill Burr for the King of Staten Island, Bill Murray for On the Rocks, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Racy for Sound of Metal. We have Sasha Baron Cohen for the trial of Chicago 7. I'll just kick it off real quick. First off, I was elated to see Bill Burr on this list. I think The King of Staten Island personally is still one of my favorite films of the year. Um, I didn't think that Bill Burr even had this inside of him. So whenever you watch it, you're kind of shocked that he's really able to kind of, you know, still several scenes. Him and Pete were great together in that movie. Um, it's funny, my three were, oh, actually, sorry, I had Will Wheaton in there too, but Paul Racy, Son of Metal, but um, Leslie Odom Jr. is fantastic in One Night in Miami. I want a Sam Cooke movie like ASAP, please. Um, easily the best part of that film. And since I brought up Will Wheaton, obviously I wanted to talk to Michael. Michael, I know that you are a Wheaton guy as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, to me, there's that performance has so much going on with so little because he's basically a, a VHS tape mm -hmm. with the same dialogue. But you talk about how like in different scenes, it, the context of what he's saying changes. And I think a lot of it just had to do with Will Wheaton to the point where, you know, when my family, uh, we were watching the screener, we're all kind of looking at each other going, wait a minute, is this, 
is this just this guy imagining it? Is this is he really just the tape? Is it actually some kind of craziness going on where it's more than just the tape? Because he manages to get so much out of so little dialogue in that and, and do this range that makes him this fantastic villain in that movie. Yeah, it's great. I was talking to John Stevenson about it, and he said he shot all his his shooting in one day. Like he shot Will Wheaton, flew into Colorado, shot it all in one day, and then basically went home and never, like they never even him and uh, um, uh, Brian Falkins uh, never even shot together. Like they never even did anything. It was just a lot of what he edited was a uh, what Stevenson edited into the film was was based on you know that one day of shooting with uh, Wheaton. I thought it was fantastic in it. That's even more impressive. See, I wasn't aware of that. That makes that even more impressive and kind of speaks for how well it's edited that, that you're able to get that much range out of so little. Absolutely. Uh, Charles, any thoughts on this category? This, this is the category that like, I, I think I was happiest about of, mm-hmm. of everything. Um, Cause supporting actress, I was a little, that was probably my least favorite of how we shook things out. But part of it's that, that race feels very like there isn't one stand I guess Amanda Seyfried's been the favorite for this whole time um and I thought she was fine and so for me it was like that was kind of I I, was hard for me to get really into it but I feel like supporting actor this year is just I mean you could have had three or four other other guys that could be in this list that I think were were fantastic I mean anyone in One Night in Miami could have been a part of this um really like half the the cast of Trial Chicago 7 could have been a part of this um I feel like there was one, Corey, I feel like there was one you and I talked about that we, we both really liked. But, um, oh, I, Coleman Domingo. I think Coleman Domingo easily could have been mm-hmm. on this list. I had, I, I had Coleman Domingo on my, on my final spot for the, the longest time in my nominations. I ended up putting Bill Burr over him um, at the last minute. Just Bill Burr, I think, is so unexpected uh, yeah. in that movie. But, I mean, I, like I, I said earlier today, any single one of these five guys could win this, and I'd, I'd be ecstatic no matter what. Like, I'm excited to see who wins because – I mean, they're just from top to bottom. I, I do think that Leslie Odom Jr. is the best of the group um, by a considerable margin. Okay. Um, I think his, his performance with Sam Cooke and, and the vocals, like the actual music that he brings to it, the way he recreates Sam's music, especially in that final scene, oh. is is just really, really spellbinding. But if any of them, like whoever wins, I'm going to be excited about it. Because I mean, Paul Racy, like, Fantastic. maybe it's Rashi. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how you say it, but it, he is incredible. That final um, scene with him, holy yeah, God, yeah. I mean, and I personally, I really liked trial, the trial of Chicago Seven, and so um, for me, like Sasha in, in that film, when he and Eddie Redmayne go toe to toe, kind of right mm-hmm. at, the, at the climax of that film. Um, I, no matter how you slice it, uh, Chadwick Boseman's another one that could have been in this category for for Bloods. Um, there's just it's so deep this category this year, and I'm I'm happy with with the five that we ended up with. I felt like best supporting actor this year was like best actor last year where you could essentially make a second five and those five both gotten Oscar nominations and you'd have been like, well, yeah, they all are all deserving. And, you know, another person that's supporting actor that I really liked that, you know, the list is so long that in any other you, you might consider is uh, JK Simmons in Palm beach or Palm Springs. Yeah. I was going to say, I I think that works really well too. Yeah, I yeah, think I, I think it's great, but he, he's he's J.K. Like he's he's doing J.K. and as good as he is, like there's I think there's some like on this list that really elevate. Oh no! You know, oh no! Do. I just think it speaks. I think it just speaks how deep yeah. this list is mm-hmm. that he's not even really. He's kind of an afterthought, and he's really good in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
Best actress, um, Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman, Elizabeth Moss for Invisible Man, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Dom, what were your thoughts of that? Um, I feel that, uh, weirdly, that as Elizabeth Moss, I feel like she was this one and Shirley could have been interchangeable for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, performances. Carrie Mulligan was my top. Um, that movie is hard for me not to like hoist it up every time I talk about it. But um, I think um, every single one, I feel, I feel like I had somebody different uh, on there. Nope, I had all of mine were on there. But yeah, Carrie Mulligan takes the, uh, leads the charge for me. Um, and then right under her is uh, Frances McDermott because, well, she wasn't eligible, right? Yeah, she I think is. I'd actually put it up. Yeah, she was. Okay, so yeah. So yeah, I was glad we made that change. By the way, I just want to throw that out there to everybody. I was glad that we allowed some of the other film, especially like Nomadland and the Pieces of Woman. Pieces of Woman, yeah. Initially, I know there was some questions about that, but yeah. Yeah, some of the performances, man, they just like uh, like Vanessa Kirby's and Francis. They added this like a genuine feel to a role that like you really feel like they are this character. And I know that's the point, but there's some people that are able to take it up a notch and the movie becomes their story. Uh, and I'm sure it's one of those ones where they take away so much from it after the fact because of how much they became that character. Um, but yeah, for me right now, it's it's, Car- it's between Carrie and Francis. Jacob? Yeah, no, um, I love Frances McDormand. Um, right for me, it's her, uh, Carrie, and Vanessa Kirby. That's one where I was really glad that we made that switch to allow Piece of a Woman in. Because Vanessa Kirby in that in that opening and in the end are just gives some of the best acting of the entire year. Um, and then of course Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I thought she was amazing. Um, I thought she really uh, well, character held fraud. I would admit it's character fraud, guys. I mean, a category category. Fraud, sorry. Yeah, yeah category. I, I'd agree a little bit. Um, just because you know, just because she's the main woman doesn't mean yeah, she's I mean, the main lead. But it, it um, felt very Anthony Hopkins, Silence of the Lambs, to me where. She she steals the, every scene she's in. Absolutely, but she's, but she's in, not in. Yep, right. She's in fewer than I think you expect when the movie's named after her. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, she's. I think the runtime was like twenty one minutes. Is is what but she is. She's, she's and, a force. That's true. Wow. That, yeah. Those twenty one minutes are are fierce. It, it, maybe it's just me. Did, it, did anyone else? You know, her and Denzel become so close making these movies. You know, the, especially the August Wilson stuff. She sounded so much like Denzel in this movie. Like the, the character of Ma Rainey sounded a lot like Denzel at times. Yeah. I was, it wasn't that. That's not a nitpick. I just it was no, a, an observation no. that I thought was really really neat. Um, but she, okay. I, I, she she blew me away. It's gonna be hard. I think between her and Francis McDormand, it's to me that, that that's a that's a pretty tight race. I agree. I'm in I'm in the Carrie Mulligan camp. Um, I'm, I'm like Dom over here as far as like lifting that movie up. I, I it's. It's going to be number one on my list of the best movies of the year, and I've already watched it multiple times. I feel like what she does in that movie looks simple and really isn't because she's essentially playing a different character in every scene, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily she's being a different character just for herself. She's being what she wants everyone in the room to think that, that she's supposed to be. And mm-hmm. there's so much nuance to that. And I've always been a Carrie Mulligan fan. I thought she should have won for an education way back when. 
Uh, I, I'm hoping that maybe the buzz continues. But I know for us, I mean, that, that was a no-brainer to me. And, and uh, I was really pleased. If these are the five nominees come Oscar night, I will be very happy. No. I know Corey, Corey and I were pushing no. really hard for Catherine Langford in Spontaneous. Mm. Spontaneous has snuck up on me. It's one of the That's a great, best It's a very good year. film. It's a very good film. Very I mean, it's, it's not your typical Oscar movie, but it is – it just is really surprising. And I know him and I were, were trying to see if we can get some steam behind Catherine Langford, but it didn't, uh, it didn't quite pan out. Although for the, at this point with that film, it's a victory if somebody watches it. I mean, if yeah. someone was like, if we spend two hours with it, it's I like, agree. I'm happy. Like you, you did what you needed to do. Best actor, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Gary Oldman for Mank, Delroy Lindo for The Five Bloods, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father. Um, another jam-packed category. Um, me personally, I probably would have left off Oldman. I, he didn't do it for me and Mank. I just, that's just, it wasn't my cup of tea. I, I don't feel like he was, he was good, but he wouldn't be amongst my five. Um, Charles, your thought, man? Yeah, I, I, first of all, I agree with that. I think if his name wasn't Gary Oldman, I don't think he'd be getting as much love as he is heading into award season. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with his performance there. It's just, no. it's fine. Um, and you have someone like Stephen Young, I think, who does a lot more in Minari than, than Oldman does in Mank. Um, but you know, Corey and I were talking a couple days ago before the ballots were going in, and to me, there's there's really it's a two horse race, and then everyone else kind of trickles in below that. It's it's Chadwick and Delroy, and I don't. It's hard for me to see somebody else winning this. I mean, I know there's a lot of push for Anthony Hopkins, but it just seems like it's the end of those two. And what's frustrating is I, if this is Chadwick's best role ever, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's heartbreaking and all and and awesome and and sad that this is his final performance. Like we never get to see this again. Um, and I think that he'll end up winning, but it's really hard for me to move past what Delroy did in, in the five bloods. Like he, that whole third act, like just begins and ends on the shoulders of Delroy Lindo. And it is one of the most powerful, big physically and emotionally roles that I've seen in, in a long time. I mean, there's that whole sequence where he's going through the jungle and he's staring at the camera, like, and that character just has layer upon layer upon layer. Like you peel back the whole MAGA hat situation and where he comes from and, and how Vietnam influenced him. And it wasn't just in the script that came to life. Like Delroy really embodied so much of that character. And it's just, I think it's going to, I think Chadwick's going to end up winning in ours and in when it comes to Oscar night, um, which he deserves it. But I think that Delroy to me is gave the best performance of anyone all year long. And, and I'm, I'm hoping there can be some, some push for him, you know, when all is said and done. It think, almost makes you wish that Netflix would pull category fraud and yeah. campaign Delroy and supporting. Or just say screw it and put Chadwick in supporting like he started off as just one of them. Um, it's, it's one of those things where like, if one of them's going to win, they deserve to win mm. best, you know, best actor. And it's one of them's going to lose. And it sucks that it's from the same studio because they have the studio kind of has to choose where the energy is going to go. And, you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. And, and Netflix has the... And of course, Chadwick actually has that, you know, post, you know, sad... It's crazy for me because personally, I feel like Hopkins gave the best performance of the year. I think hands down that the, 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 his entire performance inside the father was is mind-blowing. And it was crazy to me because in my head, I was like, man, Anthony Hopkins deserves this. But then I watched Ma Rainey and I was just, you know, it's like you said, it's sad to understand that this is his final performance because he gave... He gives his best performance. And, and I think that's part of the performance, right, is understanding. I think he knew 
that this was probably going to be, you know, possibly his last, you know, his last performance of it, of his lifetime as well. It's crazy to even think about this man, what he did for so many years, you know, understanding that performance and the layers of it. Corey, what were your thoughts, man? Um, you know, I think we're, we've, again, we've been kind of spoiled the last few years with the acting category. I mean, obviously last year is historic. I think this year, um, it's, it, I think it's going to be the Chadwick Boseman Appreciation Award. Um, I think that's, it's probably going to be one of the easiest Oscars to call in quite some time. I, I think Delroy Lindo is like going in the canon good in Defy Bloods. I think that he's the reason that film will be talked about for another 20, 10, 20 years is because of just the sheer force. I think it's like a, it's like a Day-Lewis slash Bardem level 2007 villainous performance type thing that I think people are going to talk about for a long time. If it had a theatrical run, I think it would have done even more in terms of hitting the zeitgeist. But um, I think Riz Ahmed is a performance where I didn't put him actually in my three because there's just so many performances I love this year. But um, I mean, just a performance that I think that just the fact that he continues to show up and got IndieWire's award for, I think, best overall performance of 2020 in terms of their critics poll um i think it's he's it looks really good for him and quite frankly paul racy to both get oscar i was interesting with racy when i first watched the film i didn't know anything about him i just i just i'd known that it was a big showcase for his who i love but i was like wow he was really good and he's just been lining up the critics he's probably been the most consistent supporting actor right now in the early critics races so um, I, I think both of them actually have a pretty good chance right now at getting Oscar noms, which is really cool. But I think the category overall is, is, is it's, it's very, very sound. And I just, you know, no, no pun intended there, but like, it's just, you know, there's just a lot you can do with it. We're finally making up for, for getting him in 2014. So, yes. yes. And we haven't even mentioned Kingsley Benadir either for one night. He's nine. very, very good. I did very, very good. Best director, we had six here. We had Sorkin for Trial Chicago 7, Clayzow for Nomadland, Fincher for Mank, Fennel for Promising Young Woman, Florian Zeller for The Father, and then we had Spike Lee for The Defy Bloods. Um, Michael, thoughts? Um, I, again, I think it's just, you know, it speaks volumes for, for uh, the diversity this year. And just, you know, in a year when the, the theaters weren't open for most of it, we still found a lot of quality. Um, you know, it winds up being six because it was, there was a tie. So that that's kind of why there's six in this category. Um, you know, two women, and it wasn't the two women. Honestly, if you told me before this, it wasn't the two women I would have expected. But I'm very delighted to see Emerald get in here because I just love that movie so much, and I love what she did with it. Um, you know, Chloe Zhao has the writer – I knew nothing about her before I saw the rider and I knew I should have, but I knew nothing about her before I saw the rider and that just blew me away. And then, you know, for her to follow it up with, with Nomad Land, another movie that just blew, blew me away. You know, I'm glad to see that, that she got the notice. Um, you know, I think, I think everybody in here, again, it's one of those where if this is five of these six are the nominees Oscar night, I have no issue with it. I, I, I think we did a really good job here as well. Anybody surprised that we didn't um, we didn't get uh, Chung here uh, from Minari? Chung wasn't my I, that's surprising. I think especially over a couple of these, it wasn't my. I thought I, Chung and Regina King. I, I, it was hard not to see Regina King there. And really, Darius Martyr as well was. I thought Darius Martyr how that film how Sound of Metal is put together. Um, but Chung, I guess when you look at the grand scheme of award season, Chung is the heavier favorite amongst those names. 
um, I'm, I'm surprised to not see one of them in and to see Aaron Sorkin in here. As yeah. much as I love Trial of Chicago 7. I love Chicago 7. And I mean, Sorkin's writing is, you know, second to none. But as a director, the movie's great because of his script and because of the acting. He, there's nothing he brings to the table that's super special as a director. Mm-hmm. And so then to see Chung and King and Martyr like not make the list because of Fincher, or not Fincher's, Fincher, sorry, because of Aaron Sorkin. For Fincher, we'll say Fincher too. Little, I mean, I'll agree with you there, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 Fincher's great. I, you know, I, I make ones in my cup of tea, but um, you know, Sorkin specifically, as much as I love that film, I just, I don't see putting him in over some of the other ones, but I also think that, I mean, there's, when it comes down to Chloe Zhao and Emerald Fennel and Spike Lee, I, I think that's kind of the top of the class this year. I mean, I really think, I, I think Chloe Zhao's, it's gonna be hard to, to beat Chloe Zhao in this, in this category and not just our awards, but a lot of them. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to look at a film this year and be like, Oh, that's the, like what the director did. This is solely on their shoulders. Like this is the it, Nomadland is just such a, such a feat um, compared to so much else out there. And I just, I don't think there's really much of a contest at the, I mean, personally, Spike Lee's m- my pick at this moment, but I just, I think Chloe Zhao's really got a hold on it for a lot of different. Well, while I agree Sorkin is probably the, the odd person out in this, in this group of six, I will defend, though, you know, that sequence with the riot, the way he stages that is actually really well done. And, and you know, you give Sorkin credit as a director the way he, he orchestrated that. But, yeah, I mean, most of that's in the courtroom. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think – I don't So think, I can see that. I don't think he's a bad director by any stretch. I mean, Sorkin's a great filmmaker. I just – when you look at the, the final product and you look at how much – directorial choices, directorial choices influenced what ended up being the final film. Trial of Chicago 7 just wasn't, like, you're going to think of the acting, you're going to think of the screenplay before you think of yeah, it. You I, I was just going to say, figuring out the the what I thought of. Yeah, those, he threw those guys in a courtroom and those guys did their thing. Yeah. And that's just kind of, yeah. And, and that he, he, he didn't need to do anything special. And that's that's fine. Like, he right. made a great film. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you look at some of the things that Chloe Zhao does in, in Nomadland and it's just, and the fact that she edited herself and the fact that only two actors in there are actors. Yeah. You know, the, the I mean, you feel like you're insane. You feel like you're in that area with Francis McDormand's character. Like you're, it's, you know, like Florida project and movies like that, where it just feels like the director has taken you on this journey with these people where you're in the moment with them. And she does it so well in that movie. Best yeah. picture. Oh, Five. sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna I, I was just gonna touch on Emerald Fennel for a second because get that nomination and best director because we've seen her get we've seen her get a lot of screenplay noms um, over the critics but the one in best director was really surprising to me and it was really great for me as well um, you know that's a movie where going back on it two three four times uh, you start picking up on more stuff and more symbolisms uh, different things she placed around so I just wanted to highlight that one because I thought she fantastic and what she did yeah, this, was, this was a big year for debut features and yes. i'm glad that at least one of them made it into our nominations because you i think you had four or five different debuts yep. like recognized and I, i'm you know, I, I think she's great and i think she definitely deserves it i'm you know i'm glad we got at least one of them mm-hmm. yeah martin's another one i kind of wish i was wrapped up in there too i agree with you as well. i definitely think it's going to be kind of a, a subject matter award uh, i feel like that's a lot of the time especially this year um, with all the the movies that are that uh, are nominated with those directors, 
I feel like uh, they're all that great. It's going to come kind of come down to subject matter, which people gravitate towards, which is whatever relevant uh, thing is happening at that time. Because I was pushing for Eliza Hitman for Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. And I feel like it has that same kind of feel as a Nomadland or Promising Young Woman with uh, the taking the zoomed in approach to a female character and kind of running you through this situation they're trying to get themselves into or out of. Um, but I, I definitely think it's going to lean towards a subject matter area for that mm-hmm. award. Which, that's speaking of which, a that's, beautiful that's a reason quiet why, movie. That's the reason why <laughs> Lee Wanell's not in this category. We need the subject matter and, and genre. Lee Wanell just did some some real wild stuff with Invisible Man and, and you know, I get why he's not nominated, but he was he was in my three for a reason. It's not nominated because it's a bad movie. Best picture. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had, to, I had to at least say it once. Um, best picture, we had The Five Bloods, First Cow, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, My Rainy's Black Bottom, Mink, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Father, and The Trial of Chicago 7. One of the big, two of the big things that really highlighted to me right off the bat, and I'll hit, kick it to you, Corey, first, is No Soul, and no Minari, both kind of surprised me. Corey, yeah, it's 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 a very curious setup. Now, some of it's very obvious. Like obviously, Nomadland is going to be the front runner for a lot of big awards this year because it's just it feels like the definitive account of the film that's going to come out of this year. Where it's like last year, I think you can take seven or eight of those movies and say we'll be talking about them for fifty years. I think, you know, outside of maybe The Five Bloods and Ma Rainey, it's, it's going to be Nomadland. That's the film that's going to be, you know, Ballyhooed and all these TCM, you know, rewinds or whatever, however long it is from now. But I think it's a, it's a very sound group. Um, One Night in Miami is a film where I'm a little surprised it didn't get in. I think it's definitely more of a best picture player than some of these will be. Um, I'm really happy I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. Thing. I think it's a, really, it's a really great film. And yeah, it's just, that's one that surprised me. Oh, yeah. And I, I just didn't. See that coming at all and it was a very pleasant surprise um i'm not quite as big on promising young woman as others but i'm happy to see it show up it's a film i like and i, I just you know i have my you know curiosities with the third act but um i'm not quite as hot on the father either but you know then again i think films like trial of chicago seven ma rainey mank you know movies we've been talking about for a while it's kind of easy to forget that they're all very good for varying reasons and i, I think it's there's not like a bad movie in the group it's not like I'm looking at one of these just being like, mm, I'm not really sure. I, I think this might be the best best picture lineup we've had so far. I, I think it's just it's very sound. It's very overreaching. We've got, you know, little art films that started the year, like First Cow. We've got kind of the bigger films that kind of are capping the year, like your Mank and your uh, Trial of Chicago 7, your more Osprey type things. I think we covered the bases. So I'm, I'm very happy with the group overall. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big nomad like guy. I watched it the other night and I just thought it was just, transformative for what Zhao did and just how much it embodies the year. So it's definitely got my vote. Yeah. No, it's, it's a thing. It's a movie that sits with you for days and out, you know what I mean? And weeks after watching it, it's one of those ones that, yeah, the direction is, is. And, and, I, and I wonder how much, I mean, not just specifically with Nomadland, but I think that you look at our situation in 2020 and I wonder how much of the moment we're in I mean, film is always reflective, but I think I looked down the, so many of these of these films. I'm, I had that same thought of like I, I sat with it and I sat with it mm-hmm. and I thought about. I mean, Sound of Metal was very, very much the same. Of you know, okay. days and days had gone by, and I was still thinking and processing. You know, through that, I think you know, Promising a Woman to an extent was that way. No Man Land, obviously, Ma Rainey, 
you know, I may, that might have had more to chat, do with Chadwick Boseman than the film itself, but thinking of ending things, which I wasn't as high on as a lot of you guys, but it was still one that kind of stuck with me for a long time. It stuck with me for days after seeing it. And, you know, I, like I said, I wonder how much of that is 2020 that is just, you know, especially with Nomadland where it really had, like you look at our economic situation and you yeah. look at how, I mean, the whole stimulus thing is happening right now. And you look at her town and what she went through and the choices that they made and, how capitalism affected that lifestyle and was that group of people and it, it, it all these films feel like ones that you can't just watch one time and then all right i mean makes the only one that i haven't thought about again since i watched it everything else on that list i've you know it, it sat with me and it resonated and it it, it moved mm. um but then again it makes a traditional hollywood film so it, it has its own perks that are that are very different than that the only thing that I thought about Mank after the days after is how disappointed I was at how I thought I was going to love it. That's, that's really the only thing that's kind of sat with me with Mank since I saw it. I've, I've tried to curb that feeling in recent years because it too often than not, I've gotten let down by thinking the only Nomadland's been my like most anticipated all year long because Chloe's house, Chloe's out. Um, yeah. And so that one lived up to my hype and everything else. I try to just, ignore hype because I'm afraid <laughs> exactly. it's going to I refuse to watch trailers or anything me. like that anymore and stuff like that. Well, in, in, in all, what the crazy thing for me is, is that in a non-pandemic alternate timeline, I don't think Promising Young Woman gets any, gets the kind of momentum that it seems to be getting here at the end of the year because, you know, it, it was supposed to be out in April. It's one of those movies that I think people will, will have, really loved in the first half of the year but then when you get to award season it, it's kind of that movie that everybody oh yeah i forgot about that one when they go to do the votes like us, so basically. in a in a way i'm i'm kind of glad that it got moved to december not the way it got moved to december certainly right. but i'm glad it got moved later in the year to allow it the opportunity to be in the middle of this because you know uh, that's one of them that really stuck with me. And, and I think all these movies, we talk about all these movies and even, even there, there's a couple of them. I'm not as high on as everyone else, but yeah, I think we want, everybody wanted movies that st that would stick with them, things that they could think about or revisit because like it or not with quarantine and everything, we've had a lot of time on our hands and, and for a while didn't have a way to escape. So it's kind of nice to be able to have this group of movies that you could sit down, watch, appreciate, and if you wanted to kind of go back and, and watch again and just kind of forget about everything going on in the world for a little bit. And Compton, it's interesting you say that, what you said about Promising Woman, because I feel like that's what's happening to Defy Bloods. And it's really frustrating for me. I, I, that movie's my favorite of the year. I think it's the best of the year. And I don't think it's... It's my two, you know, so I'm with you. And it's I, and that's kind of my PSA to anyone listening to this. Go watch Five Bloods again. Because I, it came out, and it came out at the perfect time. It came out at the perfect moment for that film and what that film had to say. It came out you know, right in the middle of this uproar for social justice that has felt so, so long overdue. And it, it just embodied our summer. And now we're getting into awards season and the awards movies are coming out and we get Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and we have Mank and we have Child of Chicago 7. And I feel like even the people that are you know, big on Netflix train are kind of forgetting about Defy Bloods because it came out so much earlier this year. And, you know, that's my big concern going into awards season is us, you know, when it comes to the Golden Globes, when it comes to the Oscars, like I, I almost feel like it's going to get forgotten because of how this year has gone and because of how 
awards are structured and it's, it's really disappointing, but I'm glad it's, it seems to at least be getting nominated everywhere that has started up. We'll see. Yeah, that's so much has happened between when that came out and now that you forget that that was right around the time with George, Flo- uh, with George Floyd and everything. And as you're watching it, you're like, did he just finish this last week? Because it felt so in the moment, that movie. And, and, and you for, kind of forget that because so much has happened. But you're right, Charlie. I mean, just the, the statement that movie made just has really kind of stuck with me, what, five, six months later? Absolutely. Uh, before we go, guys, first of all, thank you, everybody, for joining. If we could run a quick roundtable real quick, just where everybody can find your work and or your Twitter handle as well. Um, Dom, hit him first. Uh, you can catch me at, on geekvibesnation.com. Uh, Twitter is at King underscore Fish, all caps. Um, and, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Doing my thing, doing my thing. Pass it along. Feel it. Michael? Uh, you can read my work at bgdailynews.com and – you can follow me on Twitter at mcompton428. Corey? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at CoreyWoodruff47 and see my bylines for film predominantly at the Nashville scene. He's probably on Twitter complaining about the Falcons too, so. Yes, also, yes, but I would recommend following for that <laughs> in general. Charles? Uh, you can find all my stuff at comicbook.com, and uh, my Twitter is pretty simple. It's at Charlie Ridgely. And go watch The Five Bloods again, please. Mm-hmm. Jacob? Uh, you know where to find me. Uh, find me at musiccitydrivein.com, uh, on Twitter, at tberry57, uh, capital T. And, yeah. Did you have to say capital T? I don't think the capital part matters, but that doesn't it's, matter. Maybe. It's, import- <laughs> maybe. it's important to him. It matters to him. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for joining me. It was a, a really great having you guys getting together. Maybe we'll get together again after we uh, announce our winners, which would be fantastic, guys. So thank you guys for coming on.